Welcome to the Unlocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of Bramble and Rex. Welcome back to episode number 107 of Unblocking Crypto. How I missed you last week, but I did listen to the podcast. I had a lot of uh, notes from others saying how much they enjoyed hearing just about Bitcoin. Uh, although I was a little, little sad that you trashed the cash when it's one of my sleeper coins that I think is, is great. And it's crazy if you kept it on Gate.io and weren't staking it, you were missing out on a ton of returns. I think I did stake it. I think that's why it was worth more than it than than I thought it would be. So I, I think there was like tether in there, which maybe the staking was paid off in tether. I don't know. It was it was a surprise when I got in there. Yeah, a couple so. of years ago, the returns were about fifty percent as the staking rewards a year, and now it's down to that twelve ish percent, similar to what the rest of the Cosmos ecosystem is from an inflation perspective. So I mean, it's. I mean, still, it's a lot better than a lot of other places. I mean, Ethereum's what three and a half percent staking rewards. So I just—it's one of those AI type tokens that is decentralized storage, and they're twenty percent of the storage cost of your Amazons and Microsofts and all that, and getting into some of the GPUs. So I'm optimistic about them. Will they be successful? Who knows? But they're at least really intriguing. Yeah, well, that's just one more thing I don't have to pay attention to anymore. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's go back to Bitcoin then, because there's a lot of stuff to, to talk about Bitcoin. And one of the more interesting things that we're starting to see is is almost Bitcoin is kind of disconnecting from the DXY, uh, the Dixies, everybody calls it. And what we've seen in the past is there's been this inverse correlation when the Dixie is strong, Bitcoin goes down, and of course the opposite happens, and that hasn't been the case. So the Dixie is, has been increasing, and so is Bitcoin. So this is a really intriguing time that people have been talking about happening for a very long time, and now we're actually starting to see it happen. But it creates an opportunity for a lot of other countries, like the Chinas and the Nigerias, that are looking for safe havens outside of the U.S. dollar to possibly get involved here. Yeah, I mean, if if you're usually getting into, uh, you know, a lot of other countries get into Tether to ride the U.S. dollar, but if Bitcoin's beating the U.S. dollar strength, then you can really take, things could really take off. Yeah, I know it's it's definitely going to be exciting to watch. I mean, this is a very small time frame that we're looking at compared to months and years, but it, it's still really interesting. And Snowden was actually interviewed, I think, a little bit about Bitcoin. And one of the things that he tweeted out was that Bitcoin is the most significant monetary advancement since the creation of coinage which is crazy. And while everybody else was paying attention to the Super Bowl, he was apparently watching the Bitcoin price charts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's been a ton of monetary advancements since coinage. I mean, credit cards. You go into, I mean, credit cards would be a big one and, and just kind of the digitalization of things. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's money's kind of had a slow roll. But it, I'll I'll 
I'll take that. I, I, that's it's something that you could argue, but it's 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 a step change. You know, it's not like a okay, we have gold. Now we're going to wrap the value of gold into these dollars, and they're going to be you can return those and get gold back, and then we're basically going to take those dollars, and there's no gold backing it. And then we're going to take those dollars and we're going to digitize them and you can transfer money between your checking accounts. So, or, or you can take those dollars, a credit card can step in for you and we can transact instead of cash. You know, it's kind of like just building on top of the same foundation. And then Bitcoin is like very different and a very different way of approaching the entire monetary system. So yeah, that's a, you know, that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, I mean, with making it somewhat decentralized, taking the power away from a central authority, limiting the amount that will ever be created, it has is definitely rewriting what the future of money could look like. So and there's a lot of people that still think it's going to go to zero, which is crazy to me, but <laughs> I, I think you and I are both on the opposite boat that the uh, the sky's the limit at this point. Yeah, and there are a lot of similarities because when you start when you start minting coins, everyone has confidence that the coin is what you say it is, right? It's a a one ounce gold coin or a, a whatever in silver, and that's the same thing with Bitcoin. Like you know, if you have half a Bitcoin, it is half of a Bitcoin. So there's there's that's definitely worth uh, worth talking about. And yeah, I, the going to zero thing is getting very much improbable as Wall Street embraces these ETFs. Well, yeah, you speak about ETFs. There's now five ETFs that are over a billion dollars of assets under management. So, I mean, this is crazy to have so many ETFs that are among the most successful ETFs ever in the history of ETFs. <laughs> and it's and it's not really slowing down. I mean, it's it's still moving forward. Right? It, yeah, they they kind of swallowed up all of the the sell pressure from GBTC. Now there may be more because of the Genesis bankruptcy stuff, but it seemed like the the ETF demand the early. I mean, we're only a month deep, so that early ETF demand was enough to eat up the GBTC selling pressure and then some. Right, I think they're up over a hundred thousand Bitcoin as the aggregate total between all of the new ETFs plus the GBTC, you know, the honeypot that they brought to the table. And so that's in a month. And I'm just now seeing some news like the Bitwise CIO. He's tweeted a couple of things where they've gotten some RIAs, some independent advisors that have 30 billion or 500 million to allocate some of these into their models, to allocate Bitwise's ETF into their, their models at 1%, 3%, 5%, you know, that sort of thing. And so that's, you know, that's kind of the first I've seen of it. And so, you know, over the next two or three months, this the the funds are going to become more and more available, not less and less. So I'm, I don't know how you could kind of take a look at this and be disappointed from a Bitcoin bull standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Genesis has another 1.4 billion in Bitcoin they're they're planning to sell here shortly, but that can easily be gobbled up very quickly. <laughs> so or GBTC not Bitcoin. Well, and there's no benefit. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's no benefit for them to dump the GBDC and tank the tank yeah. the price. So you know, I mean, if they do it in two or three weeks, I mean, that's kind of the same thing that that GBD, GBTC just did, and they'll be doing it in the face of increased funds flow from institutions that are still kind of going through the approval process right now. Yeah, and what I think isn't being talked about a lot. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but there's almost a way to get a Bitcoin ETF with an added income bonus. <laughs> so MicroStrategy now mm-hmm. is what ten billion dollars of Bitcoin in their assets. I think their market value is about twelve point four billion. And they're really close to being listed on the S and P five hundred. I think they just need to be at about fifteen point eight billion. So pretty soon they're That's almost right. going to be this other Bitcoin type ETF that has four hundred million dollars a year of cash flow and continues to sell their stock and buy more Bitcoin and probably handle it better than most other people out there are doing. Oh, the, if if MicroStrategy is a allowed to be in the S&P 500 and those funds, all the QQQ money, all the index funds and mutual funds, all that money starts to get allocated to micro strategy. And then every so often they're scooping that excess equity or issuing shares, buying Bitcoin and the price of Bitcoin goes up as micro strategy increases their market cap and they have an increasing percentage of the S&P 500 market cap, they get allocated more and more funds. Mm -hmm. So they could just get larger and larger funds flow into MicroStrategy, which would then flow into Bitcoin while the ETFs are doing their thing too. And all of the other tailwinds that we talk about for Bitcoin are happening. So yeah, it could be a pretty funny thing if MicroStrategy is allowed to, to get listed in the S&P 500. The other thing that I was looking at, so Vanguard was in the news and we've talked about it quite a bit that they are refusing to list any of the Bitcoin ETFs for their customers. So a lot of people were kind of boycotting Vanguard and not a huge fan. And I mean, what they're what five or $6 trillion in assets, something insane. So even with all this going on, they've still had $30 billion of inflows since the Bitcoin ETFs have kind of come online. So whatever they're doing, it's apparently a different group of people that still believe that what Vanguard is doing is correct. I mean, 30 billion, I guess, sounds like a lot, but we'll see if we check back in a year or two from now, (laughs) what everything looks like for them from that perspective. Yeah, I think, I think Vanguard, they, they do their thing their way and it's it seems to be about cash flows like they don't even allow gold ETFs and things so it's not a, it's it's strange that they're being this entrenched in their position but yeah they're still going to get fun flows that's 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 going to happen yeah it's the pure traditional finance side of things so we'll see how long that lasts and at some point change always happens so i wonder when they'll they'll change if at all Indonesia was also in the news. They have a new president and VP that just got elected or is, I guess, about to be put in office that is pretty crypto friendly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from the Indonesia side. (laughs) 
and and where things go from there. But that's exciting to see other countries that are, <laughs> I don't know if they're electing people based on their crypto stance, but the crypto, the pro crypto piece of it was, was pretty big considering that if you look at the citizens of Indonesia, they have more crypto traders than they do stock traders in the country. <laughs> South Korea was also in the news. They are looking to eliminate the ban on Bitcoin ETFs and they're power of the people party, I think is the one that is currently in control and, and they're the ones looking to do this, but they said, what is it? 80 to 90% of the people that own crypto in South Korea are in their twenties and thirties. <laughs> and so they're focused on that, that group of people, which is turning into one of the largest groups of people from a generation perspective too. Right. So that's where things are going in South Korea too, right? Opening up the doors and allowing people to have access to crypto in the stock market, not just buying it on spot prices in their own wallets. Yeah, it goes back to the demographic thing that's favorable to Bitcoin and crypto in general, that people that don't have a huge percentage of the wealth are very comfortable in Bitcoin and crypto. And I mean, in if you're 30 years old, since you were, 20 you've been hearing about bitcoin and the prices every time you hear about it it's going up right if you're not even paying attention to it and so yeah if your wealth if you start to inherit some wealth then you're talking about easily moving money into crypto or bitcoin and you know it doesn't really you don't have to educate the octogenarian generation and so you know whether it's Korea or Indonesia or the United States, I think you're just going to see more and more money flow in as, as the wealth changes hands into younger generation. Yeah. So speaking of bringing it back to this side of the pond, Virginia has had some recent announcements that they are creating two new commissions, one of which is the blockchain slash crypto commission. And the bigger one, a little bit, they're spending another couple thousand dollars on this one is on AI. So they see that as two of the big factors for them moving forward. And it's exciting to see more states getting involved. You could argue that they're behind a little bit compared to some other states, but it's still they're way ahead of a lot of other states too. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with over the next couple of years from creating those commissions and seeing how they can attract more people to, to live, work, and do business in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, if you look, the states that are that are adopting Bitcoin or allowing Bitcoin or favoring it, Wyoming, Texas, Florida, Georgia, you know, they're they're seeing some big advantages. Texas, especially, especially. Mm -hmm. and so if you're Virginia, you know, you're from a industrial GDP, you know, economic standpoint, you're not a you're not a powerhouse. You're not known for a whole lot. Like it's kind of your shot to to be a magnet to pull in some new industry if you're favorable because it's it it seems like it's just going to go state by state this the federal government's just so slow and their understanding of everything is is just embarrassingly uh, embarrassingly low for them to 
basically all their, their, most of them are attorneys and they, all they do is read boring stuff all the time. So for them to read into some Bitcoin articles or the white paper or understand it is, you know, it's, it's a choice they make. And so if I'm a state, I would, I would jump in, I'd follow right behind all the states that have been adopting Bitcoin and, and see what you see, what you get, you know, you, you can make a name for yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's working for El Salvador. It worked. It's working for MicroStrategy as a company. I mean, there's no reason it wouldn't work for Virginia or, or another state. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, you talked about most of the people in Washington as attorneys and reading stuff and almost not paying attention. Did you see the flag program and Elizabeth Warren signing a flag for Satoshi Nakamoto? Yes, which is awesome, <laughs> classic Bitcoin move. Like it's it's like holding up a buy Bitcoin sign behind Janet Yellen in a congressional hearing. It's like classic Bitcoin move. Yeah, so I mean, granted, apparently the flag program they issue a hundred thousand a year, so it's not a huge deal. But for the person that is creating this anti crypto army to go ahead and sign one for Satoshi Nakamoto, it was amazing. So that was uh, fun yeah, to see. I, yeah, and I'm sure that whatever staffer put that in front of her and didn't read it or understand it, <laughs> or maybe they did, and they're they're in on it. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Speaking of Elizabeth Warren, so she's got a a, a candidate that's running against her who's very pro crypto. Yeah, I just read that, uh, John Deaton. Yeah, John Deaton is running for the Massachusetts. Senate seat. And I, I'm curious to see, you know, this is one of those things where we're going to come out of the Bitcoin and crypto echo chamber and out into the real world and, and see if what, if it means anything or not in a, in a bigger scale. Yeah. I'm sure that there'll be plenty of crypto people donating to his campaign, regardless of where they are or if they can vote for him or not. But It'll be interesting to see, you know, sometimes you think what you're reading is a big deal and then you start talking to other people about they have no idea what you're talking about. So we'll see if it matters. I think it'll be a good litmus test. Yeah, it'll be fun to follow, see what happens. So she has been one of the biggest names out there and for kind of a nobody to have a a shot will be really intriguing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Gary Gensler and the SEC allowing the ETFs. If Elizabeth Warren loses her Senate seat, that's that's a lot of entrenched anti-Bitcoin sentiment yeah. with with some some sway behind it, a little power behind it that just disappears. Yeah, and then you got to worry about her running for president. I think that's her next move. <laughs> <laughs> so so switching away from Bitcoin a little bit. Um, I know you probably aren't paying too much attention to it. We have SBF's trial coming up in March. We were supposed to have CZ's trial happen soon, but that hearing has been delayed for two months and really no explanation given. But I think he's already paid an insane number of millions of dollars for a bail and not allowed to travel and all that kind of stuff. So it would have been good to get that over and done with. So there is no more negative FUD that people can use to, to hurt crypto, I guess at this point, but it sounds like we're still a couple months away from, from that finishing up. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I saw from SBF 
in the last week was this picture of him and some fellow prisoners and he looks wildly out of place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I guess there's probably five or six guys in the picture. He's the rest of them, obviously spend a little more time in the gym and then he's just, you know, it seems like all of his t-shirts, like the necks are too big. He looks just like his, he has the whole time. Maybe he's lost a little bit of weight, but the uh, the other dudes look like they're in prison. He always looks like he just woke up. <laughs> yes, same. Yeah. So the other thing, and I almost hate talking about it, but the World Coin token took a huge surge the other day. It jumped up like forty percent in about twenty-four hours. A lot of the thought is. Because it is tied to Sam Altman, people are thinking that it's a way that you can get attached to OpenAI. And OpenAI just reached a, or just launched a new tool called Sora, which is a text to video product. So it seems pretty cool. Another awesome invention from OpenAI and the whole chat GPT guys. But the other crazy part of all this is this week, there's about $165 million of tokens that are getting unlocked. The largest holder of all of that is Three Heirs Capital. One of the reasons that Luna exploded. And the, I think one of the founders came out and said he was happy that the Three Heirs Capital creditors had such a big piece of WorldCoin since when he originally bought it, everybody told him he was crazy. So I don't know what actually happened with if that'll get back to three years capital creditors and, and FTX creditors or not, but it is definitely helping <laughs> that story right now. Yeah, as as long as it's not good for three years capital and it's good for the people that they owe money to, that's fine with me. I, yeah, I, I did hear that WorldCoin took a jump and that it was just basically just along for the ride on this AI. I mean, it's like, well, NVIDIA's through the roof. What, what else, how else can I get a piece of this yeah. uh, AI action? You know, so and it's I like, guess people think that's going to be a, a way in. It's like seven and a half dollars now. I mean, I think when we first started talking about it a while ago, it was under two. <laughs> I mean, so it's yep. crazy, but. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, I don't know if you know much about Peter Thiel, but he's one of the guys that I've kind of followed a lot in the past, and he had a founders fund that he created back well, a while ago, but back in 2017 ish, they invested somewhere under I think about uh, 20 million, so somewhere in the 15 to 20 million range, and then they sold out in 2022 for about 1.8 billion dollars. <laughs> so they did pretty well on their investment. And they have now recently just bought in for another two hundred million. So if they knew what they were doing the first time, then this is kind of one of those good things that are happening that you can see other people that are thinking now is a good time to get involved, and they're getting involved in a, a very large way too. Yeah, I, Peter Thiel's been one of those guys that's kind of popped into my radar from time to time, even before Bitcoin stuff. He, I listened to him on a podcast, and he he said, "Don't bet against Elon Musk," <laughs> because they were asking him about Tesla. That might have been like twenty sixteen or seventeen or something, and uh, 
I'm like, you know, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good line. And that, that sentence has held up pretty well for the last seven or eight years since I heard him talk about it. So he, he seen, you know, I, he was kind of partners with Musk on PayPal and he seems like a pretty smart guy. So he's worth listening to. Yeah. One of the PayPal mafia guys, that's for sure. They've all been very successful. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about Super Bowl stuff a second ago, but I guess we haven't really talked much about the Super Bowl. And I don't know if you saw Biden's laser eye tweet right after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so there is, there is a lot of discussion on if he was now a Bitcoin proponent, which I don't think is the case. But after that post, Bitcoin did go up over 50K. So there is a, a lot of hope there. I think a lot of it had to do with whatever the, the plan was for the chiefs to win and Biden to get support from Taylor Swift for his next presidential campaign. Yeah. I, I, that was like the Biden shrinkflation video and then the laser eyes. And I don't know, man, I, it's gotten so weird. I'm just almost ready to bail on even paying any attention to, uh, to politics at all. Yeah. The exciting part that I did see, I watched a little bit of the game was there was a guy sitting there with Jay-Z and Beyonce wearing a Satoshi shirt. Uh, and as you can imagine, it was Jack Dorsey. <laughs> so yep. he got some attention for Bitcoin wearing that. And for those people that aren't aware of Jack Dorsey, and he was the original founder of Square and now Block. And he and Jay-Z are actually business partners that have been for a lot of years. So him and Jay-Z had created a Bitcoin university that was benefiting. It was like a 12-week course that they gave away for free to all the kids in a certain part of Brooklyn on where Jay-Z grew up. So Jay-Z is also a huge crypto slash Bitcoin fan because of Jack's influence, I think. But it was really cool to see a Satoshi shirt get some airtime during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, I went actually got together with some friends for the Super Bowl and I missed that somehow the Satoshi shirt but I did I did notice that in maybe 20 20 people at this Super Bowl party the only person that talked to me about Bitcoin was a guy that is already deep into Bitcoin and so I'm like man Bitcoin's at 50 something thousand there's a Satoshi shirt on at the Super Bowl and nobody's talking to me who everybody in my town knows that I'm like one of the Bitcoin guys. Nobody's even bringing it up. And so as much as you and I, like this is like go back into the echo chamber conversation is like me, you and everybody else is like, holy cow, we're, you know, we're in this point in Bitcoin where it's not even, uh, you know, we're, we're, I don't know, Bitcoin's price has been higher than it is today for like three months in, in its entire lifetime. So we're in this rare air pricing point but nobody's talking about it it's not in the news other than the the normal news channels and so i don't know what has to happen in order for bitcoin to get publicity in a in a big way but it, it's not just have, have a higher price i mean we're we're way higher than than we were in they talked about it plenty when it was at twenty thousand and was tanking and was dead but there, it's like radio silence when you're at fifty thousand and kind of holding steady for a long time. So we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah, and it touched like 53 and then came back pretty quickly. And there's been a lot of talk about at some point there's going to be a correction, right? And what what the size of that correction could be in it, 20 to 40% would not be outrageous at this point. No, I don't think it'll last long, but maybe that will get its attention in the news when they can say, oh yeah, Bitcoin fell 40% in over the course of two days. Why would you ever want to be in it? <laughs> and then you're going to see everybody just gobble it up as soon as that happens. <laughs> and it's going to go right back up to where it was. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it seems to have staying power. And it seems like this, you know, the price kind of ramped up. And then it's kind of held here in this high or in this low fifties. It's almost like this ETF buying pressure and kind of these positive, this positive buying pressure is just kind of eating through where, you know, it would have bounced back normally. Like it's just, eventually we're going to get through these sell orders and kind of go up to the next level. So I'm, uh, you know, curious, like I, I love bull runs, but the thing about me is like, I'm super conservative. So I'm like, Oh man, how long is this going to last? And this one, I mean, we're, we're at 50, you know, low fifties. And I mean, I don't see why this thing plummets anytime soon. So we're the halvings in April and we're mid February. So for people to sell now is strange in general. I don't know who's selling anyway. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this thing goes. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back. It's fun to talk, as always, about crypto, and uh, I think we'll be, I'm sure we'll have some more interesting news to talk about next week as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that I had is I, I had an opportunity to use the Lightning Network again. I, was, I met my buddy for lunch, and he got there before me and ordered, and I paid him back. Just super easy, fast. Like, he likes Satoshis, and so... He paid for paid for lunch in dollars and got paid back in Satoshis. And it's super easy to see once everybody values Bitcoin, how easy it's going to be to transact in it. So uh, these sort of things, I think when people people start to understand that it's valuable, you know, the next step is is using it to trade for stuff. So it's a long road for this adoption thing. But once people get in, it's you know, they don't really get out. So it'll just be a matter of time. Yeah, no, I agree. Awesome. Well, that's all I have on my end. So as uh, awesome, we'll, that's good. Good for me. Yeah, we'll we'll talk again next week. Sounds good, Jason. Appreciate See it. You. If all of these crypto conversations leave you with more questions and you're looking for answers, I've created a product that dives into most of those answers including why crypto, how to set up a cold wallet, and some of the more advanced strategies for dealing with crypto. Check the link in the notes below and hope to see you there.